what a rich history and heritage we have here at Church on the North Coast to be able to celebrate Black History Month, Black Heritage Month, as we like to, to add on to that, because there is certainly a legacy and a heritage that has been passed down, and we, uh, we proudly participate uh, as a ministry, as a people, as a congregation. So thank you so much for all the participation. I got to see all you guys wearing your shirts. Man, I looked everywhere for my shirt last night, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm so mad. I know I have it. I have a whole box of North Coast paraphernalia, like just from over the years. Like I don't throw them away. I've got stuff going back to the 80s, and Mike D'Angelo hooks me up like all the time. He like, he'll bring old stuff, and I'm like, oh, give it to me. Let me have it. I got old hats. I couldn't find my shirt anywhere. I was really disappointed. But uh, anyways, well, listen, I got a funny story I want to share with you guys. Oh, you know, before, I'll share my funny story here. Uh, you know, this gentleman, unfortunately, he came to a funeral director. He said, you know, listen, my nagging wife just passed away. Uh, I, and, and, you know, they were, they were in Jerusalem. It was unexpected. They were, they were on a tour, and they are visiting, and super disappointed. You know, he was sad and upset. And, but obviously, something's going on, because he described her as his nagging wife, and the funeral director started to help him break down some of the details. said, listen, you know, to get her back home to the States, it's going to cost you about $45,000. $45,000. He said, well, there's another option. It could be just $500. We'll bury her here in Jerusalem. What a special thing to be able to be buried in the Holy Land. I think that might be a great option for you. And he said, well, no, nah, let's go ahead and send her back to the States. And then the funeral director confused. He was like, are you sure? That's a lot of money. He said, yeah, really. You know, I've been here for a few weeks now, and I learned a few things. And a long time ago, they buried a man here. Three days later, he rose again, and I just can't take that chance. I need to make sure she gets back home. That's messed up. <laughs> That's not nice. It's not nice at all, but it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. You know, my, my, my dad, if you don't know who my dad is, for some of y'all, he's Dr. Canton, and uh, he is like the master of jokes. So every once in a while, I'll hit him up. I'm like, hey, man, I need a joke, Dad. I'm like, I need you to send me some. So after a few times doing that, every once in a while, he'll just send me jokes, like without even him and ask. So the other day, he sent me a, a whole page of all these different jokes that he likes to share. This is one of them. So thanks, thanks, Dad, out there for sending me the joke. Appreciate it. Thought you guys would be entertained by that. Well, listen, there's a few things going on here at North Coast I want you guys to be aware of. Did y'all know there's a Chick-fil-A down the road? Yeah. It is. It is. I'm, I'm so, like, torn about the idea that they're closed on Sundays. It breaks my heart in so many ways. But I also support it. I love it. I think it's great. You know, but I'm like, it, <laughs> It's a family day. We need food. You got to have chicken on Sunday. And, you know, so it's, I get it. It's a day of rest and all that kind of stuff. I wish we could work something out. Well, Tuesday this week, uh, we're doing a little fundraiser with Chick-fil-A. I want you all to participate. So hit it up. It's 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Um, all you got to do is go up there. Just tell them you're from North Coast. Maybe a slip of paper or something like that. Well, the cool thing about that is that all the monies raised that day are going to go towards the food pantry here at, at North Coast. And, and that ministry, yeah, it's a big deal. So tell your friends. You can post a little stuff. Oh, there's the information right there. You can post some things, let people know. Uh, it's a big deal because the food pantry is feeding, Kim, it's feeding hundreds and hundreds. I mean, thousands at this point of people, right? I mean, over, over the months. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big deal for families to be able to come in here and supplement uh, their, their groceries uh, and to be able to have that. And it's, it's just free. We don't, we don't charge anything. And uh, it costs us quite a bit of time, <laughs> quite a bit of time and effort uh, and, and money. You know, y'all, y'all's given help us do that. That's, that's how we're able to do that. That food's not free. Uh, we have to pay for it. We've got to get it here. We've got to truck it, bring it back, unload it, you know, set it all up, admin it. There's countless volunteers that are here for hours on end taking care of that and servicing people in the community. So, so be a blessing. I mean, it's not that, buy some Chick-fil-A. 
Like, that's the easiest, that's the easiest request ever. Go, go get some dinner at Chick-fil-A. I wanted to make you wear that. Um, and, hey, you know, I love, Nick and Laura, I loved your, your testimony. And it's a great segue into uh, understanding as a couple um, how important it is to be unified, not just in your giving, but, but across the board, and to strengthen that partnership by participating um, in, in, in congregational, you know, uh, unity. And, and we have something for you, rated R. It's coming up in just two weeks. It's, actually, it's next week, next week, this week. It's not this week yet, is it? Is that how y'all do it, Sunday to Sunday? All right, well, it's this week then. This coming Friday is rated R, which means today, in the next couple of days, is gonna be your last chance to register for it. You've got to get in. Make it a priority, okay? Make it a priority. I, I have so many times over the years after the fact, heard from people. I'll say things like, hey, who was all at the marriage conference? Oh, we were there. It was so great. And, and those folks who weren't were like, man, next year for sure. We regret not going. I'm definitely going to be there. Like, make next year this year. Don't, don't be that couple on the back end. Like, man, I wish we would have went. And you make all the, oh, we couldn't find a babysitter. We couldn't. Like, listen, listen, time out. You're lying. I know you could. You can. You just got to make it happen. There isn't anything in my life that I don't want that I don't make time for, okay? Like if I want something, it's going to happen. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to go down. So, so make an effort and be there. Strengthen your marriage and celebrate with us. We're going to have so much fun. I just can't wait to do it. I was, <laughs> I was talking about the other day foolishly. But, man, we had so much fun. Marlon and I are emceeing. We got all kind of family feud games planned and stuff like that. Pastor Troy is going to bring a word. Uh, along with Pastor Mary and some other people are going to be there as well. And it's just going to be a great time. So consider being a part of that. You can register online. You can see Dawn out in the lobby. She's going to be here today helping people get registered this last minute to be able to be there. And you don't have to stay overnight. If you don't have the money for it, uh, that's fine. You can just come, come to the conference. But we need you to register, okay? We need you to register to be a part of that. So, so find Dawn in the lobby, jump on our website, and get more, more information for that. Hey, do you all know uh, my dear friend David Hale, Dave and Judy Hale? You know, Dave, I just want to give you a shout out. He, he is healed of the Lord, uh, had a pretty intense surgery this last, uh, I think it was Friday. And uh, man, good reports are back. The doctors expect a full recovery and uh, he's healing up right now. So David, I just want to bless you. I want you to know we love you and we're supporting and praying for you. Uh, along with all of those here in the ministry that, that uh, you know, are, are, are ill or uh, dealing with some things at home right now, we want you to know we, we cover you every day. We have a a pretty extensive pastoral care network that uh, seems to buzz all the time. Um, and that's a bit unfortunate, but it also is reassuring to know that you have uh, people, believers behind you that got your back, that are interceding on your behalf, that are covering you in prayer, that are, are just establishing the word of God over your life all hours of the night. I mean, it comes in all the time. Shara, it's good to see you. And I, I, love, I love that about our ministry, that we support one another that way, because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, prayer matters. <laughs> prayer, prayer is a powerful, a powerful, powerful tool. So we are praying for you. We are on your, uh, reaching out on your behalf and calling down heaven every day, all day. Amen? All right. I think that's it. Oh, there's one more. All right. Children, workers, thank you guys for signing up last week, but I need more, okay? So if you didn't, I need you to go in the lobby. I need you to find uh, one of the children's workers. I think they have a table out there. Sign up and be a part of that and, and volunteer your time as much as you possibly can, okay? I'll leave it there. All right, let's get into Word. You guys ready? We don't have, it's 1126. Church is over. I'm gonna fly through this. You guys ready? No, I'm, I'm gonna fly through it. I wanna go home too. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just, just, I ain't got nowhere else to be, man. Sunday's my favorite day. We're just chilling. We're not gonna do anything today. 
Uh, we're going to have some good times and just relax and hang out some lunch with our media team after the service today. So if you need to go, go ahead. But if not, hang out for a minute. I'll get us through it pretty quick. All right. Well, listen, it's March almost. How, how many of y'all in here, let me see a show of hands. How many of y'all need to reset on the New Year's resolution? You, you good? You sticking with it? Look at, yeah. How many of y'all are sitting next to somebody that didn't raise their hand and you know they should be raising their hand? Like, yeah. I mean, I've had to restart a few times too. Good news, listen, good news is that you can start over whenever you want. There ain't no rules. Nobody's holding you to the fire. If you failed, you can start over today. You can start over right now. You don't have to wait. How good is it to know you serve a God who is, who is down with a good comeback story? He loves it. He wants to give you chance after chance after chance after chance, and there is just a plentiful amount of do-overs. You ever play games as a kid, and you're like, wait, 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 time out, do-over. I need a do-over. I know all my golfers in the house, they want mulligans all the time, right? Like, you need a mulligan? Sure, here you go. Have another. Oh, you got as many as you want. It's amazing and, and so good to know that you serve a God that is the God of do-overs. He's the God of forgiveness. He's the God of restoration. He's the God of restoring you back and even better than where you were to begin with. That's a powerful thing to understand. Well, I want to talk to you about that this morning. Uh, let, me, let me start out with giving you a little bit of background in this first verse. It's in Zechariah 10.6. And what you need to know is Zechariah was, was prophesying, and Jesus gave him uh, a scripture. God gave him a scripture. He said, uh, God, I'll save the people of Joseph. This is Zechariah 10, 6. I'll save the people of Joseph. I know their pain, and I'll make them as good as new. They'll get a fresh start, as if nothing ever happened. Why? Because I am their God, and I'll do what needs to be done for them. That's why. Well, why, why do you deserve a do-over? Because my God says I do. <laughs> I don't have any other reason than that. Because in the natural, I don't deserve a do-over. You know, oftentimes we, we, we make our bed, you heard the saying, you got to lay in it. Well, you don't have to when it's with Jesus. <laughs> That's a worldly concept. The idea that you have made your bed and now you got to lay in it. You got to deal with the consequences of life. You know what, man, miraculously so, Jesus has taken that and he's flipped it up on his, on his head and he said, no, you don't. I'm going to restore you back, not only to where you were, but I'm going to put you up even higher. That's an incredible, incredible thought and understanding to have in a life wrought with regret, mistakes, failures, right? We've experienced so many of those in our life, but I'm here to tell you today, it's time for a fresh start. Anybody here want a fresh start? Whether it's on your New Year's resolution or maybe a little bit deeper spiritually, a fresh start, I know I need one every day. I need to get there just about every single morning. I mean, let, me, let me rephrase it. I, it's, I said just about because it made me feel a little bit better. It is. It's every day. It's literally every morning. I'm like, yeah, I need to start over. Jesus, I'm sorry. I got to do it again. And he gives it to me. He gives me the fresh start every single day. Well, let's do it real quick. Let's go, let's go through some steps here. Five steps to find a fresh start in your life. Well, here's the first one. It's a little bit abrupt, and it's kind of straight to the point. You got to stop making excuses. You got to stop making excuses about why you can't get a fresh start. Here's one of the excuses we like to give. I don't have what it takes. I, I just don't have it. I see everybody around me doing things, and they have, they have what it takes. They're just, they're just built that way, right? We can come up with all ideas of why we can't do something. I can't do it because of my past. I can't do it because I just don't have the genetics. I can't do it. I just don't have the smart. God didn't give me those types of gifts like them. They are so easy for them. It's hard for me. You don't understand my past. Listen, time out. Yes, I do. 
And yes, everybody else does, because we're all sharing the same nonsense. We've all gone through the same experiences. We've all had past in our lives. We've had failures. We've had issues that have come. But the reality is, is God is telling you, listen, your excuses don't supersede my gift of forgiveness. Your excuses will never be beyond, be beyond what I can do to restore you. Here's what happened with Gideon. It's a great story. I love it. He's from the smallest of tribes. He's a doubtful guy, right? Like we know Gideon, if you know about the story of Gideon, he, he's a mighty warrior. He's a, he's, a, he's a general in an army, and he's done all these great things. But the reality is uh, Gideon was really kind of a doubtful guy. God called him to do something and, and, and destroy the enemy, and he wasn't, he wasn't up for it. He's like, I just thought I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm, from, a, I'm from the smallest of tribes. I, I don't really have a lot of background. I'm just, you know, it's just not me. Like, why, why would you do that? And here's what he does. He's like, all right, God, and I know, Nick, you mentioned it, you test God, right? I'm, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit hairy on testing God. Like, I don't know if I ever really want to test God. It makes me a little bit nervous. But he says to do it once in a while. Here's what Gideon did. He said, listen, if it is me that you want to do this, Here's what I need you to do. In the morning, I need you to leave this fleece dry, but then I want the ground to be wet. And God did it. And then he said, all right, all right, all right. Just to be sure, now let's flip it. Make the fleece wet and then leave the ground dry. And then God did it. Here's what God will do every single time you ask him to kind of get in your own way. He'll, he'll get rid of your excuses. He'll take away your excuses because there isn't any. And he's willing to do it. He's like, let me just show you what it is when you work with me what I'll do for you. Here's, here's what the scripture says about it. Then Gideon started making excuses. He said, but Lord, how can I save the nation of Israel? I belong to Manasseh, the smallest of tribe. And my family is the weakest and poorest family in the tribe. And I'm the youngest and the least important person in my family. He's from the smallest tribe. He's got the poor family. And he's the smallest and the youngest in his family. This is where Gideon's mindset is coming from, and God removes every excuse in his life and then takes him into a place that nobody ever thought he would ever go. He starts out with 32,000 soldiers. Now God's like, all right, you want to test me? Now I'm going to test you. Here's how the story goes. He sends home 22,000 of those soldiers because he told Gideon, ask any of your men. If they're afraid, they got to go. And then there goes 22,000 people. Like, dang, what in the world? That's a lot of people. And then there's 10,000 left. Now he says, go down to the river. I want you all to take a drink, and everybody that puts their mouth to the river, send them home. And he's left with 300. And now, go do what I ask you to do. Whew. Man, that's why I don't like testing God. <laughs> because then he'll come right back and go, look it, not only am I going to raise you up to where you need to be, I'm going to do something so supernatural that it goes beyond the goal that was initially intended. It's going to tell the rest of the world for generations how powerful I am. And you're going to lead it. So word of advice, just do what God's asking you to do the first time so you can show up with 32 strong as opposed to 300 and go after it. It's a great analogy and a great story. Here's excuse number two. I've failed in my past. Oh, my gosh. What a revelation. Have we all? We have all failed in our past, but it's an excuse we love to rely on because we look at it and we say, man, I've done this, I've tried it, and I failed. I'm never doing it again. I hated that feeling. You got to get rid of that excuse. Others may have hurt you. They may have harmed you. They may have wronged you, but no one can stop you but you. That's the only person that can ever stop you. You've failed a bunch of times. Other people have failed you, but the reality of it is, is the only person that's ever going to stop you is you. The Lord says this, do not cling to the events of the past and do not dwell on what happened long ago, but watch for the new thing. 
that I am going to do. In fact, it's happening already. It's taking place right now. Just look and you can see it starting right here, right now. Man, it's powerful. And I know a lot of you sit there and go, man, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the mistakes that I've made. They're serious. They're not these little ticky-tack files, man. This is like intentional level two get ejected type files. They're messed up. It doesn't matter. It's from the biggest to the least, man. There's no grade scale for God. He's not looking at sin and going like, all right, this one's over here. This one's over here. This is how it's happening. All right, I'm going to categorize this. It's just a wash. The blood of Jesus covers every single thing that you could ever possibly think of. And whether or not you accept that or not, that's the determining factor. That's, that's, the, mind, that's the mind messing with you. you. You decide to accept that, and then forever you're free from whatever you did. It doesn't matter. Let's keep, let's keep plugging through here. Um, Number three, excuse, excuse number three, I'm sorry. There are things that I can't control. I'm out of control. I can't, that's not my fault. I can't, I can't determine that. Like, what am I supposed to do? That's them. It's not me. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of things that you can't control, but there are a, a significant amount of things that you can control. The most importantly being you. You can control you. Just the other, the other day, I had to, I mean, I had to have a talk with the boys. And I love talking about my boys because they provide me all kinds of analogies like every day. You know, uh, Ben, he's a teaser, and in our garage, we kind of have it set up like a cool garage. There's video games and all kind of toys in there, and, and Ben likes to lock the garage door and then not let anybody in. So he did that to Lou, and Lou gets real upset. He gets real mad. I'm upstairs, and I hear, like, these, these pound, like this man pounding, and I'm like, who's pounding on my door? I got mad. I'm like, who's doing that? Because it was like, you know, these just, just big pound, like pounding down. And I come downstairs, and, and Ben hears me coming. I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? And he runs. And he's, like, poking out behind the refrigerator. There's, like, a little extra refrigerator. He's poking out. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you locking the door? He's like, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm like, yes, you did. And then I opened the door, and Louis, and Louis was mid-pound. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and his tears are flowing down. Louis, Ben locked me in the, he locked me in the garage again. I couldn't get out. I'm like, both of you got to come over here right now. You know, I gave him the speech. I'm like, this is my house. You'll pound on my door. But, 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 but after it all calmed down, I'm like, Here, here's what we got to understand, boys. Like, Lou, I understand that that's frustrating for you. I get it. Made you a little nervous. You couldn't get it back into the house. Your brother's messing with you. But the thing about it is, man, you got to learn how to control your temper. You can't react to what your brother does uh, that way. It is, it is up to you to determine uh, whether or not you're willing to give up your temperament, your peace, for what someone else did to you. Did you take for one moment in your anger and in your frustration to think to myself, I could simply press the garage door button, walk around the house, and come inside, and then slap my brother upside the head for locking me in the, in the, that would be the idea, man. Like, that's how you do those things. And Benjamin, listen to me. I understand the urge to tease. I understand the little brother thing, man. I get it. But you have got to control yourself. Like when it comes into your mind and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm going for my, my most favorite tease. I'm going to lock the door and I know it's going to make Louis frustrated. You got to stop yourself for a second. Is it worth the consequences? Am I really doing what it is that I want to do? Or I need? You got you to go through these processes and think about it. You really need to learn how to control yourself. So we had these great conversations anyways. It's, it says there's things out of control. Uh, Proverbs 24.10 says this. It says, don't give up and act helpless in times of trouble. Listen, man, it, it is so popular at this point to give up and run away. To just give up and run away. I've never seen a less resolute generation ever 
ever. I thought mine was bad. And I guess that's how it goes, right? Maybe I'm aging myself a little bit, but, but man alive, like society is so willing just to be like, ah, it's too hard, I quit. I'm going to go do something else. You, you Stop. You, you, just, you just can't quit. The reality of losing only comes from one place. It's from quitting. You just can't, when you don't quit, you can't lose. There's no way to lose in life if you don't quit. You've got to persevere. You've got to get rid of the excuses. You've got to stay in control of what you can control and focus on those things daily and get better at them, regiment them, work on them, discipline them. That's how you stay in control of the situation. Let's get on to excuse number four. Shockingly, nobody, this is, I know this is shocking news for everybody, but nobody in here, including myself, as wise as I am, knows what the future holds. Oh my gosh, I can't do that. What, what happens if this happens? Well, I'm not sure if we should do this because look at the economy. I mean, have you looked over in Eastern Europe right now? We're about to go into World War III. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should do this. Listen, three years ago, COVID came. And you know what happened? We all sat around. And I was the spear. I'll just tell you, I was, I was, I was the tip of the spear for a minute. Right away. I was like, man, listen, this is not good. Like, we were having church one day. Next day, they're talking about shutting down the whole entire world. And you know, what are we going to do? Like, Mo, we're going to have to, like, lay off people. We're going to have to do all these things. Thank God for Pastor Troy. He about slapped me in the head. was like, listen, no, that's not happening. I'm like, no, it's not happening. I, I, that was what Becca said. I didn't say. I, was just, I didn't actually. I was repeating what I heard somebody else say. Look, COVID, COVID, that whole nonsense was supposed to crush us. That was supposed to end you. That was supposed to put you down and hold you down forever. And guess what it did? It made you. It made me. It made us. It made church on the North Coast. We have never been stronger. We have never been more resolute. We have never been in a better position, not just financially, but spiritually. We are, we are, are rocking. And you know why? It's because it, 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 it squeezed us. It squeezed us, and we got rid of the excuses. We simply pivoted and said, no, no, we won't do that. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do what we're called to do. We got rid of the excuses and we stepped forward in faith and we believe that God is going to handle what he's going to handle and we're going to go ahead and take care of what we can control. If you want perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. That's what Ecclesiastes says. You just can't wait on it. You can't wait for perfect conditions. Things are never going to be perfect. You just got to jump off the cliff and go. You're looking for that new job. You're looking for that new career. You're looking for that new relationship. You're looking to make a move in your life. You've got to shift things, change things. Listen, the worst thing you could ever do is just sit back and be afraid because future you is begging you to jump off the cliff. Future you is begging you to take the cliff dive because they know at the end of that is going to be the future that's so full of hope, that is so full of blessing, that is so full of all the promises of God that just do it. Just get to the edge and jump off and go. The Bible clearly tells us over and over and over again that God has everything in the palm of his hand and that when the desires of your heart are spoken out loud, he does everything he can, which is all you need to give you what you want. He's just asking you to trust him. Number two, take stock of what I have. Take stock or inventory of your life. You've got to look at what you do have. There's assets in your life that you've accumulated over time that are incredibly valuable. Your finances, your education, your experiences, the people you know, right? Lots of people like to say it's all about who you know. Well, listen, you know a lot of people. I stop and think for a quick moment when I'm around and people are like, man, if I can only find this, I'm like, ooh, I know a guy. I know somebody that can do that. That's an asset in your life. Those, aren't, those, are, those are resources that you can pull from. It's a powerful thing. 
In uh, Colossians 2.10, it says, you have everything when you have Christ, and you are filled with God through your union with Christ. He's the highest ruler with authority over every power. So whether or not you got a bank full of money or you don't know anybody, the reality of it is, is that the Bible tells us that if you know Jesus, then you've got everything you need. So you can make excuses all day long. I'm not from here. I don't have any family. I only just started working. I'm young. I don't have an education. I'm not this. I'm not that. But the reality of it is, is if as long as you got Jesus, you've got every single thing that you need. No more excuses, man. Sorry. You got to ask yourself, what have I learned? You got to take stock, right? What do, I, what do I know? What have I learned over the accumulation of my lifetime, be it young or be it old? What do I have in the bank to process through what it is that I'm going through? Take stock. Who can you trust? Where should you go? Where should you not go? What do I know? Don't waste your experiences. They're valuable. You've got a ton. If you just take a moment, step back and think to yourself, like, man, I've gone through all these things in my life. What, what those experiences have taught me? What, what do I need to, to draw from those things in order to get to where it is that I know I need to get to, where I need to go? There's a lot of experience in the room. And oftentimes we, we miss out on it because we're just thinking to ourselves about all the excuses of why we can't get something done. Listen, you are an incredibly resourceful person. You've got so many talents that are deep down inside of you that you've accumulated over your lifetime. There isn't anything I don't think I can do. I mean, like, literally, I'll try anything. I just got one of them. I, yeah, we, we, we can figure it out. I mean, like, it's, nothing's really that hard. I mean, I get that there's some complicated things, but at the end of the day, like, I've been, I've been through some things. I've seen some stuff. And if, I, and, if I don't have, and if I don't have what I need, I know a guy. I know a girl. I know some people that will help me get to where it is that I need to go. That's why it's so important to establish a life group. That's why it's so important to be around some courageous men. Ladies, that's why it's so important to be around some fearless women. That's why it's so important to get to a rated R conference. Because when you need something that you don't have, guess what? Somebody around you is going to have exactly what you need. So plug yourself in to people that are going to be able to help you in your greatest moment of need. It's incredible what you can find when you're looking for it, yeah. right? It's incredible what you can accomplish when you really put your mind to it. And oftentimes it really just comes from being resourceful by hitting up the resources around you that you don't have. Other people got them, and they're willing to give them. I've, I've really, I've, it's been rare, maybe a couple of times, and I think it was just being grumpy old man or whatever, but, but, but rare when I hit somebody up and I'm like, hey, you're, you, and I butter them up a little bit, you know, like, man, you're so smart and you know these things and all this stuff, but I just want to know what you know. Would you be willing to teach me? I mean, that's, a, that's, kind, that's one of the greatest compliments that I think I ever get when somebody, I'm like, for me, what do you think I know? I don't got much to offer. They're like, are you kidding me? Like, look at your life, man. You got this, you got that, you got that. You went here, you have been there. You know a lot more than you think, and, and I want to know those things. You're right. I am pretty smart. Let me, let me, yeah, come on over here. It's amazing what people will offer to you when you ask them. Get around some good people. Uh, let's, let's, let's move on. Ask who could help me. That's, that, was, that was the next one. Uh, I'll read you the verse, though. Proverbs 15, 22. Get all of the advice you can, and you'll succeed. Without, uh, without it, you'll fail. Advice is a good thing. Perspective is a good thing. Other people in your life is a good thing. Ask around, man. People are going to be always willing to help you out. Let's get to number three. Act in faith. Act in faith. Here's a public service announcement for you. God is moved by your faith, not your works. God don't need your money. 
He doesn't need your service. He doesn't even really need your prayers. God is moved by your faith, by your willingness to do the things that scare you most. Because he knows that in your faith, you'll be dependent on him. And when you're dependent on him, he can unlock the promises that he has for you. That's the only time it really happens. You can pray for it all day long. You can serve on it all day long. You can sign up for every category. You go up there and volunteer in children's ministry every Sunday for the next six months. Like, look at all that I'm doing, God. Why isn't it working out? Because he don't care about how many times you serve in the children's ministry. My kids do, and I do, and y'all do. But he does. I mean, what, what's that got the difference with him? Your acts, your faith, they're two different things. Your faith is the key to unlocking God's uh, uh, miraculous power in your life. It's, it's your dependency on him. It's your reliance on him. It's your utter just, I give up everything, God, if it ain't for you. It's your, I'm going to Aldi's and I'm buying groceries. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but here's a giant full cart. And then 20s just pop out of, out of wallets. It's a, it's a, I just need that. So you're going to have to supply it because you said you would. So I'm going to do it. God reacts to that. That's why that testimony isn't so shocking to me. I mean, I was, I was crying with her. I'm an easy crier, but I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, right? Doesn't it make sense, Nick? It makes sense that when a woman of God says, like, look, I need groceries to feed my babies. I'm going to go to the store, and I'm going to buy said groceries, and then there's going to be more money in my envelope than there's supposed to be. Yeah, that's how it works. That's what happens because God reacts to your faith, not your works. Let's keep working through here. We're going to get on to number four. We're flying. Refocus my mind. Ugh, I love that. I love, I, love, I love the mental attachment to our understanding of our spiritual life, our mind, body, and our spirit. If, if you're not thinking right, you're just, you're just never going to connect to the spirit of God like he intended. You can't forgo the aspects of the God-given body that he's given you. Your mind, your spirit, your body, those are all connected. You've got to get your mind right. You've got to get rid of the stinking thinking. You've got to come in hot with some positivity in your life. You got to come in hot with some perspective of like, I can do it, right? I can do this. I will find a way. There is an obstacle, and that's the direction I'm heading because I know that with God I can conquer it. I'm going to get after it today. Um, you know those old, you know those old uh, WWJD little bracelets? I, like, it's time to bring them back. It's time to bring them back. Because, because they just, they, they speak volumes about the idea of like, when you're talking like a, a goofball, when you're talking foolishly about how you can't get things done, how things are an obstacle, how life is too hard, I don't have what it takes, I got regrets, you don't know my past. Listen, WWJD yourself, okay? Yeah. And, and, and Jesus wouldn't do it. He never talked about his past, never talked about the problems. He talked about the goodness of God, the future of what's happening right now even. How good God is in your life. I can do all things through, God, through, uh, through the Lord who strengthens me. I can do anything. Staying positive, renewing your mind. Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, Ephesians says. And I know it's easier said than done sometimes. I get it. But here's how we do it. We listen more to God's word than the, word, the world's word. We listen more to the word of God than we do the, the world's word. Here's what it says in Psalms. It says, happier those that are always meditating on Twitter's word. They are like trees along a river. They do not dry up. They succeed in everything they do. That is not how it reads. I mean, like, it is a cesspool of nonsensical ridiculousness that exists in our world's news, our social medias, our public settings, our mouths. 
God's word is the only accessible place where you will find the truth of what it is that you need on a daily basis for your daily life. There's a lot of good people that I follow speaking good words, and they're good. But when I need great, when I need exceptional, when I need the top of the top, I got to crack my word open. Because as good as your perspective may be, it's still wrought with humanity and sin and just cloudiness. You got to get into God's word. That's how you do it. That's how you renew your mind. You get into God's word. You think about it. You think about what you think about, right? Like, listen, I I get that there's not a lot of time in the day and everybody's really busy, but every once in a while, you got to think about what it is you're thinking about. Can you get a little deep with me for a moment? The consciousness of your mind is a very, very deep place. Every single thought that comes into your mind, let me, just, let, me just, let me just help you out a little bit. You don't have to believe it, okay? You don't have to grab on to every little thing that pops into your mind and be like, oh, well, that must be true. That's how I think. That's what I am. That's not true. Your mind's crazy, all right? You got all kind of infiltration that's been coming in since the day you were born that's just all mixed up and jumbled. And so when thoughts come into your mind, take a moment, deep breath. Is that, is that from the Twitter files or is that from the Word of God? Is that from my coworker that I sit to next to every single day for eight hours a day and they're just talking crazy and negative? Or is that from the Word of God, right? Is that from me, from my past trauma I grew up with because, you know, this person or that person did me wrong and now I think that way? Whew, think about what you're thinking about for a minute. Where did it come from? Why is it there? Why am I pondering on it? Is it of God? Is it of me? Is it coming from somewhere else? I'm not really sure. Crack your Bible open. Find out. Think about it for a second. And then determine whether or not that's a process you want to keep on going through. Or in most cases, I find, it's just got to get kicked out of my brain. Right? I just, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. So when thoughts pop into your mind throughout your day, take a second. Nope. Mm -mm. Nah, that's not for me. That didn't come from me. Didn't come from God. I'm, I'm out. I'm out on it. Let's just move on. Let it go. So here's how it actually reads. Happy are those who are always meditating on God's word. They are like trees along a river. They do not dry up. They succeed in everything that they do. I mean, straightforward, man. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Proverbs 4.23. Be careful. Be careful how you think. Again, maybe you can't control all your thoughts, right? They're going to come in. That's why it's important to meditate on them for a moment and then be careful about staying there, right? Or speaking on them, right? You got you to just you gotta kind of process those things. So be real careful with your thoughts. They're dangerous. My mind is a crazy place. Your mind's a crazy place. So you got to be careful what you meditate on as you're going through your day. Execute that little exercise. Ponder. Think about what you're thinking about. And then decide whether or not this is something we need, to, we need to keep meditating on. And in most cases, it's probably not, right? Get rid of it. Let's get on to number five. We got to get going here. Number five. It's the last one. Trust that God knows what he's doing. Man, that's how you start and refresh a new beginning. You trust that God knows what he's doing. Because I know you know you don't. Did I say that right? I know you know that I know that we know we don't. I know as a kid, I just grew up thinking like, man, adults are so smart. And then I became one. I'm like, man, you lied. (laughs) Y'all don't know nothing. You just act like you do. We don't know nothing. 
making our way through life, pretending like we got it all together. Pretending like I'm not dealing with emotions and mental struggles and, you know, past hurts and people that did me wrong. and You know, getting in my own way. We're all dealing with it. We're all struggling with it. God sends Jeremiah to visit a, a, a potter, and he wants him to watch. And here's what he says. He says, he says, when the clay pot that the potter was forming on the wheel didn't turn out the way he intended, he simply started over, using the same clay to make a new pot. I wonder what Jeremiah thought when Jesus was like, hey, I need you to go to this potter's house. I need you to just watch him. See what he does. Here's what Jeremiah noticed. He noticed three things when that happened. He noticed that when the potter was forming the clay, you know, the wheels going, a little, little wet, and kind of, you're trying to make a pot. Oh, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't go the way the potter intended. That's the first thing he noticed. It didn't, it didn't happen. Like the pot didn't turn out, right? It was all falling over. The top was all messed up. Here's what happened next. The potter, the potter simply started over. He just started over. The pot didn't work out, so he just started over. Here's the last part, and this is the coolest part, I think. He, you know what he did? He used the same clay that was sitting on that pot, sitting on that little wheel. He didn't change it out. He wasn't like, oh, man, this thing is messed up. I need a new thing of clay. Somebody, you know, give me my assistant. Assistant, give me another brick of clay. Bring it over here. No, he just, he just crumpled it back down, started the wheel back up, and then he started shaping again. He started building the same thing out of the same messed up piece of pot that he messed up in the first place. It didn't work out. So he's like, all right, I'll just start over. And, and, and then he just used the same clay. Yeah. Jeremiah's sitting there watching this. He's like, God, what are you trying to tell me? What's going on? Here's what he says. When the clay potter, when the clay pot that the potter was forming on the wheel, oh, that was the first verse. Next one. It's Jeremiah 18, 55. Then God said to Jeremiah, I, uh, can I not do with you as the potter does? Just as the potter works, the clay in his hand. So are you in my hand. And I'm working on you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for not throwing me out. Thank you, Jesus, that even though I didn't come out, I know sometimes the way you intended that you just started over with me again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Thank you, Jesus, for not throwing me away. God's never been, nor he will he ever be, interested in getting rid of you. <laughs> he don't care. He don't care. I want, you to, I want you to hear me. I, I know I can't make you believe me. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to convince you as much as I'm trying to just, I'm trying to convey to you. And I, people don't do a really good job ever trying to convince me of anything. I, I'm pretty hard-headed. So I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince you. But what I am going to tell you is that my, my experience is that, man, Jesus, I, I, it's unbelievable. I don't, know, I don't know why he keeps reforming me. 
but he keeps doing it. He keeps reshaping me. I go ahead and stick my finger right in the middle of the clay and mess it all up. And he's like, oh, silly boy. He just starts reshaping me again, rebuilding me over and over again. He renews me. He makes me fresh. It's like January 1st every day. <laughs> it's like my New Year's resolution happens every day and it's perfect and everything's great. And I'm walking in the gym and I'm feeling good. I threw all the junk food out of my cabinets. I get to wake up with that. Some of y'all get to wake up with that too and it's amazing. It's a miracle. I battle with it. I know you do too, man. I, I, I feel a certain sense of guilt. I mean, I, you know, that's just the devil, just so you know. Like, there's all kinds of scripture. I won't even get into it, man. Like, just forget the disclaimers. Jesus loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. And let's, let's bring it to right now because it doesn't matter what you're doing. I got secrets. You got some? And if we were being really honest, even if we walked out of here today feeling like we got the restart we needed, he's not going to care what you're going to do either. <laughs> Past, present, and future. He's not looking for anything but to be able to get his hands on you every day so he can shape you, so he can put you back to what he intended for you, so he can give you a fresh start every single morning, every single week. Every, every single year. Come on, stand up with me real quick. morning, you know, I, I don't want you to stay here and, and think about it for very long, but I, I just want to recognize it and, uh, and just go on record that we all, we all just going to have to go on and agree and accept that we got a past, okay? And we can add our present to it too. We got a present. <laughs> we got some things going on even right now. God wants to restore you today. And he wants to do more than just restore you. He wants you to prop you up. He wants to elevate you. He wants to take you to the next level. He wants you to jump off the cliff so he can put you where you need to be, where he desires for you to be. You know, they, they call dreams dreams for a reason because they, they happen at night while we're sleeping because most of them, they seem unattainable. They seem like fiction, but they're not. They're the visions of God for your life. I see myself there and I, and I wake up and I'm like, man, I wish my dreams could be reality. Yeah, they can. But he needs you to jump off the cliff. He needs you to accept his forgiveness. He needs you to let him restore you again. That's the only way it happens. Because otherwise you're walking around with your thoughts in your mind. 
You're walking around with the world's thoughts in your mind. You're walking around with past hurts. You're walking around with regrets. You're walking around with failures holding you back. You're thinking to yourself, I'm no good. I can't do it. I don't even belong on the potter's wheel. But you do. You do. And for those of us that know that already, more power to you. Stay on it. Don't ever get off. Act a fool. Celebrate. I don't mean act a fool and be bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, just, you got me, okay? It's so good, it's foolish. It's just, God's so good, it's ridiculous. It doesn't, it can't, it doesn't process here. It doesn't add up. If you're struggling with it today, if you're battling it again today, and you need a fresh start, I, I don't want you to wait. I don't want you, to, you don't need anybody. I want you to move from where you're at. I want you to come to the altar, and I want you to take your fresh start right now. I want you to move from where you're at. I want you to start right now. I want you to make today the day that you move forward with what God has promised you. And this isn't one of those moments of like, man, look, I got this crazy thing in my life. And if I reveal it, it's going to, like, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's little. It doesn't matter if it's big. You're walking around with a negative attitude. Get up here and get rid of it. You're walking around with some serious issues in your past. I don't care what it is. You're dealing with divorce. You're dealing with felonies. You're dealing with, you know, abortion. I don't care what it is. It's big, small, in between. Come take your refresh. Get out from under the burden of living without Jesus holding you, caring for you, molding you, recreating in you a newness, a refreshed daily experience that provides the peace of God in your life. This is what I want you to pray with me. It's Psalms 51.10, and it's such a, it's such a powerful, it's a prayer. It's a prayer. So we're going to pray it together. Is it up there? Yeah. We're going to pray it together. I'm going I'm to three, two, one. I'm on, we're going to go. And we're going to say it out loud. Okay? We only get one shot here. I'm not doing any redos. Y'all better speak up. Together here today, we're going to pray for Psalm 51.10. And I want the loudest amen at the end of it that I ever did here. You guys down with that? Can we do it together? Let's do it together. Here we go. Three, two, one. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Woo. Don't that feel good? Man, I feel good. If you're visiting with us today, before you go, would you just take a few minutes to meet me? I'm going to go out in the lobby. There's a little coffee bar over there. Don't rush out of here. I just want to shake your hand. I just want to introduce myself, answer any questions you might have. I'm going to hang out uh, out there in the lobby. I'm going to make my way back. Don't be stopping me. Let me get there. Uh, but man, y'all are amazing. Can I just tell you I love you? Have a great Sunday. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. We will see you guys back here on Wednesday. And get registered for that Rated R conference. It's going to be amazing.